This is Preach Freedom by Alex Mole. Let's get talking. Writing on uh, my dissertation is on holistic care or holistic ministry in the area of social justice. Now, the question we have been trying to ask ourselves in this season as a church is what can the church do? Our church in particular and the church at large and being a Pentecostal church. What can we do in the area of social justice? Given all that is happening around us today, we see the riots, we see the, the killings, you know, um, we see the, the response. Uh, people have different opinions and all that. I just want to hear from you. In your opinion, God has given each and every one of us in the body of Christ wisdom to be able to address these issues. And sometimes, you know, you never know, you know, when um, Naaman, um, asked the question, who is there to heal me? All his friends couldn't give him an answer. The person that gave him an answer was the person that he least expect. So part of our, our conversation is we're trying to get the body of Christ to answer the question because we don't know who God might be speaking to. So what do you think as a church we can do? How can we respond to this crisis? Somebody can just quickly jump in. I see you all shaking your heads. <laughs> just whatever comes to mind. What can the church do? Yes. In the area of social justice, how can we respond in this crisis and injustice? I think we would, uh, like I've seen happening, state the position of the church, um, both in, in, in an ethical point of view and biblical point of view. Okay, so you more know, or less let the church's voices be right? heard. Yeah, because you find in a lot of instances, um, you hear different organizations would respond, like the NNC, NAACP and all of these, you know, bodies would respond, but you very seldom hear the voice of the church. And I think we need to find a platform where we can voice our opinion and not necessarily, because um, I know sometimes we, are, we, it might, I would say it's political, but, you know, we want to be politically correct in what we do. But I think that it's important that the church make a representation both on an ethical and moral standpoint and on a biblical standpoint. Always have something biblical to support our our position. Just as we have a biblical position for for gay and the gay movement, you know, also for racism. And I have seen some, um, like Sister Nadine had done it on one of the days that we had the prayer where she was showing the Bible scriptures that associated with inequality and how Jesus spoke against it. So I think that is something we need to do on a regular um, on a regular basis on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, you know, just you know talk about it and be heard. Okay. Excellent. I like I like that response. Biblical and moral standpoint. Sister Valerie, your opinion. I know you're from Memphis. Mm-hmm. So. Um I, most definitely uh, what I would say um, is that we would be truthful it is, this is America and there are just some things that just aren't um, there are some that are afforded more opportunities than others, this is America and whether we some people want to face it or not um, those of a, a lighter skin uh, ca- uh, persuasion uh, Caucasian are afforded some opportunities that um, some of us darker complected are not. 
and they have more of a voice that people tend to listen to than they will tend to listen to us. So those of us, especially in our church, is multicultural. So when uh, our Caucasian brothers and sisters, when, when we see injustice, when they see injustice, um, they have to stand up and speak for us. They, they have to be willing to be brave enough to do that and say, you know what, what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong. This is not right. And they have to be able and willing to do that for us. And that's one of the things that, that, that I've seen that touched my heart. Because like you said, I'm from Memphis. I grew up in uh, Dr. Martin Luther King at Kiel, where I grew up. So that's been a part of our culture, that, that we were reared knowing these things. But to see the Caucasian people out there and everybody out there, um, they were angry about what they saw. So it went across the lines of race. It was, it was uh, inhumane what they did to him. To see this man, uh, the, uh, the life taken from him and him yelling for his mother. I think it touched every mother's heart. I don't care what color the mother was. Because I can still hear this man yelling for his mom. And, and the mother actually has died, you know, right? Yes. And if she I had feel been, like he saw her. If she, had, if she had been living, that would have killed her. And those of us who deal with death and dying probably had come when she was yelling for when he was yelling for his mom, he probably was transitioning at that time. Yeah, so that's what I think too. That in death and dying, that's what happened. So the mom was probably, he, he was probably transitioning. transitioning. So that's one of the things that, that is gonna have to happen. The, okay, now, yeah. now you have mentioned a very important point. We need the participation of those that are white to be yeah. involved in this. In this, mm -hmm. um, I mm -hmm. want to quickly jump so that I don't take too, uh, so much of the time. But you're okay. Um, That's right, Jennifer. Good. All right, Jennifer. What would you say? Because I'm reading a lot of stuff now, and they are saying the man had a criminal record. That other cultures will not stand up and make a hero of a man with a criminal record. Why others are saying, you know what, even though he has a criminal record, that doesn't justify the manner in which he was killed because you are innocent unless the contrary is proved, no matter how much his record was, because he left jail in 2014 and he has had a running with crime. And now we have his name printed on T-shirts. You know, he has been involving, you know, things that you, you, you're probably not proud of discussing with your daughter, you know, but what, what would be your response be? What would your response be to those kind of um, statements? Oh, see, you're sorry, you're asking me what's my response to that statement? Yeah, yeah. Because right yeah. now, his fingers are being pointed to his character. Right, right. I think, um, funny enough, I was actually talking with my brother about something similar prior to this. Um, and I think my response to that um, is that he, every individual on this earth is an image bearer, um, meaning every person that's created in this world is made in the image of God. Um, and I would say that regardless of that person's actions, um, there still needs to be a level of fear of God in the way that we <laughs> treat one another, meaning you know, to take a life, that's still taking a life of a person who is made in the image of God. Um, and I would say that the same rights that, you know, we all have um, to life um, is the same rights that we should give to one another. Um, you know, there's, 
yeah, there's no, I would say to, to justify why someone should be killed because of the fact that they had, you know, a criminal record or to say, you know, it was right for him to have died the way he did, um, unjustly, um, it is to me disregarding, I feel like his humanity and, and more so treating, treating that person or treating any individual like, like an animal and not like a, not like a person. So maybe that's what I would, yeah, that's more or less your, what I would Your saying. response, yeah. Ebony, what would you say, you know, to, uh, in our conversation yesterday, Toby mentioned and reemphasized the scripture in Isaiah 61 and said, um, you know, the manifesto of Christ, which was reiterated in the book of Luke, that Jesus says, I have come, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to set the oppressed free. That is the essence of why Jesus came, to, to, to proclaim justice. And we see that the term justice and righteousness are one word. You know, that's why we, we, we use the word righteous and just as interchangeable words. Righteousness and justice are, are similar words. Now, knowing that Jesus actually stated that his mission was to set the oppressed free. I go back to my previous question. How can the church be forerunners in setting the oppressed free, in your opinion? Um, I think the church has to um, take a firm and very clear uh, stance stating that they are against racism, that they are anti-racist. I think oftentimes churches and other organizations, they tend to like mince words or sugarcoat things and they're not very clear. I was in a meeting for, um, for work yesterday and um, my boss, the CEO of the company was talking about like diversity and culture and she said a lot but didn't say anything in about 10 minutes time. And I think it's important that the church is clear. I think oftentimes people are able to feel justified in their racism um, or some Christians are able to feel justified in their racism because their leaders don't correct them on it. Their leaders yeah. don't take yeah, a would you say, Your boss, is she white? She's um, white Latino. I'm and, the first uh, time hearing white Latino. I, I think Latino is a race of his own, right? Our staff is comprised of both white and black Latinos and then black staff. We work as therapists, so it's it's our and we most of our clients are people of color. Most of them are black. And so she was speaking to us about having conversations with our clients who are kids, who are teenagers, most of them. Um, about this and the words she was using I didn't agree with and I think that it's important in times like this that we're not only hearing black voices but we are aligning, um, aligning ourselves with those black voices especially people who are not people of color it's important that we have allies in this and part of being an ally is stating that things are wrong stating that they're wrong why they're wrong and what is right and in a, in, in a clear terms, stating the obvious. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe.